0: I'm Rico
1: and I'm Jessica
0: and this is the always the critic podcast where a couple friends review the latest movies except we literally have zero qualifications to do so Jessica this feels like a really loaded like movie weekend
1: it does and we didn't even get to see everything I feel like I saw more than you actually
0: yeah because there's there's a couple movies I still haven't seen um I haven't seen Extraction 2 yet uh yeah that's a movie on Netflix right ago I still haven't seen Elemental us. Yeah,
1: neither have I. I couldn't get out to see it.
0: But everything else, I feel like I finally have kind of like caught up on movies uh-huh. that have come out in theaters. So, but it's it it was a lot to do, you know, over the last yes. couple of days. Yeah, yeah, it, it felt like thank a lot. God
1: we're regular people with full time jobs and you know <clears throat> things we got to take care of because we managed to we managed <laughs> actually to do it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. If you like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us.
1: Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It is such a great way great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod and shout out to our patrons Curtis, Bale, Cindy, CD, Grace, Alana, Lorna, Lee, Sammy, and Caitlin.
0: Yes, thank you guys for being patrons. We really yeah. appreciate it. Uh, especially with all the hard work we put in like we're going to do on this episode because we're <laughs> doing multiple movies. We're we not doing this one. No.
1: Two reviews.
0: And if you stick around towards the end of the episode, you'll get a preview of the third one that will be on our sister channel, Daybok K. Rambles podcast.
1: That's right.
0: So we'll get started with the ones that we're going to talk about here at Always the Critic. So the first one we're going to start with is the R-rated sex comedy, No Hard Feelings. Yay. (laughs) So Jessica, let us know what is this movie about?
1: On the brink of losing her home, Maddie finds an intriguing job listing. Helicopter parents looking for someone to bring their introverted 19-year-old son out of his shell before college. She has one summer to make him a man or die trying.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's pretty sure. <laughs> What a description. Wow. Uh, the movie is directed by Gene Stepnitsky. It's also written by him and John Phillips. The movie stars Jennifer Lawrence, Andrew Barth Feldman, Laura Benanti, Matthew Broderick, Natalie Morales, Scott MacArthur, Iban Moss Bachrock, I think yes. so, and Kyle Mooney. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how did this do at the box office this weekend, Jessica?
1: It made $15 million opening and $24.5 million worldwide since opening. Which so,
0: is not bad. Uh, it, it's it, fourth place on the on the weekend, Mm -hmm. Um, which for an R-rated comedy that I think its marketing was not substantial, still not bad. Right. Um, It just came in right behind The Flash, which had one of the most disastrous second weekends ever. (laughs) My goodness. It it declined 73%. That's insane. That's an insane number.
1: Insane.
0: (laughs) To the point that Across the Spider-Verse in its fourth weekend came back and took the number one spot. Wow. Of the the weekend. That's insane to me as well. Uh, Across the Spider-Verse is But if you haven't,
1: go see (laughs) Spider-Verse. Go see Spider-Verse.
0: But not what we're talking about today. Today we are talking about No Hard Feelings. Uh, Critics, uh, 68% on this movie. A little lighter than I thought it would be. I thought it would be a little bit higher. But the audience seemed to like it at 88%. Uh, The critics' consensus reads, This raunchy comedy often plays it disappointingly safe. But Jennifer Lawrence's comedic and dramatic chops ensure that the end result prompts no hard feelings. Ah, I get it. Get it. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so what do you think about this movie?
1: Bro, I really enjoyed this
0: movie. So did I.
1: I really quite enjoyed this movie. And I have apparently have been missing R-rated raunchy adult (laughs) comedies. They just don't make them anymore. Thank you, Judd Apatow, for ruining this type of movie because it's been just a monopoly and I don't necessarily like Judd Apatow movies.
0: They're always 20 minutes too long.
1: They just let them improv and improv and improv and they lose steam.
0: You got to tighten up on the script, man. Got
1: to tighten up Judd because I know get to the editing room and have somebody tell you no. So anyway, sorry. I don't know why Judd Apatow is catching stray bullets. It's my fault, but this movie, No Hard Feelings, I have missed Jennifer Lawrence.
0: Yes. We oh, needed, my gosh. We need Jennifer Lawrence back in, yes. a, in a big studio movie.
1: And it's been a while since I've seen her. Yes, she's gone off and gotten married. Yes, she's been really private and reclusive with her relationship, uh, her marriage and her new baby and mm-hmm. all of that. That's fine. I don't fault her for that at all. And she's just been taking a break from acting. She did Don't Don't Look Up. Yep. Don't look okay. up.
0: That came out last year. Also, and she Runaway, she, I believe, oh. also came out last year as well.
1: I don't think I saw Runaway.
0: I, I haven't seen it either. It's uh, okay. with her and uh, Brian Tyree Henry.
1: Okay. So I, but she has not done a pure comedy.
0: No. no. In
1: her entire career, you could argue that Silver Linings Playbook is a bit of a comedy, but it's a dark comedy. It's more of a Dramedy, yeah,
0: for and
1: sure. I don't think she was that funny like out like this type of funny. No, and if you see interviews with J Law, she's hilarious.
0: Oh, for she sure, she is so
1: charismatic. So I charismatic. love her perso- personality, and I don't understand why it's taking this long for her to be in this kind of movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Something that's I think just- I know. Oh, well, go it's for not it. really. Her, but it's more of just like the way Hollywood has gone mm-hmm. with the rated R comedy, uh, mm-hmm. because you barely see him anymore, yeah, come out in theaters. Like the mm-hmm. last time, I can barely remember the last time, like an R rated comedy that was like promoted that was a studio comedy. I can't remember the last time that it came out in theaters. Uh, I think you have to kind of go back to like the days of like. Uh, 22 Jump Street and stuff like that which was like 2015 around there um so those kind of movies just are not being released because I, I mean I, I don't want to blame MCU or superheroes or stuff but you know there's kind of a monopoly on the type of movies that come out in theaters it's all pg-13 action slash superhero type of movie fair uh-huh. um so it's kind of hard. It crowds out a lot of different types of movies. This is one of them, rom con or uh-huh. other. So
1: mm-hmm. a
0: lot of different types of movies are being crowded out. So it's a nice return. Now, I will say I enjoyed my time at the movies. I enjoyed your Jennifer Lawrence in the role. I thought she was great. I do kind of agree with the uh, critics consensus that says that it plays it kind of safe because I, uh-huh. I don't find this movie to be that raunchy. There is one scene. That, one
1: scene in particular that I'm like, whoa, yes. I did not have that on my no hard feelings bingo card right. before coming in.
0: But then after that, there's not really anything else that you would describe as raunchy. Sure, there's like some jokes and stuff but like I that. But I think
1: it does really well with being heartfelt.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: In place of just shock and awe.
0: Right. Exactly. And what's great is having someone like Jennifer Lawrence who can carry a movie by herself. You can put her against anyone and she'll be able to carry a movie. Um, The dramatic points of the movie, because there are a couple, like she really like is able to uh, take it under her wing and be able to ride with that. She doesn't need anyone else in that point of the movie. She Mm. can you can just watch her face. And just know that she's conveying some type of sadness, some type of, um, you know, whatever it is that she's trying to express. She can express it. She's great at it. Um, Let's talk about some of the other people in the movie. Uh, Obviously, we have a co-lead. We have Andrew Barth Feldman. He is the 19-year-old in question. (laughs) What do you think about uh, Andrew in this movie?
1: First time seeing him, Mm -hmm. I thought he was really funny, really endearing and cute. And I thought he fit the role really well. Right, I think in the middle of the movie, I turned to you and I said, he's a great singer. He's been on Broadway and he's a professional singer. And before me and my sister got to the theater, my sister told me about this. And she said he did the Ratatouille musical on TikTok.
0: Oh. I don't
1: know if that, you remember that during the pandemic? Yes,
0: I do remember that. I do remember that. So
1: he did that. And so... I told you this in the theater, I think not five minutes later, yep. <laughs> that came into play in the movie.
0: <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs>
1: that is really funny. great voice. And um, I hope we see more from him. He seems so young, right?
0: He's only 21 years old.
1: Oh, my gosh. He's a baby.
0: Yeah, he is super young. Yeah. And it, this is going to be just the breakout right now, right here, mm-hmm, being able to yeah. star not only star, but star opposite one of the biggest names that we have in Hollywood.
1: Mm-hmm. Oscar winner, Jennifer Oscar Lawrence. Oscar,
0: Wanner, Jennifer Lawrence. Exactly. Warner. <laughs> Warner. Uh Also in this movie, uh, we have his parents, which are played by uh, Laura Bonanti and Matthew Broderick.
1: So Matthew Broderick in this role is <laughs> really kind of funny. I thought this was brilliant casting. He is essentially the coolest teenager, has played the coolest teenager that ever existed, and that's Ferris Bueller. Yes. And then for Matthew Broderick to have a criminally uncool son (laughs) is fantastic. I love the irony. I love how he has certain lines that he's like, when I was young, I did a whole sorts of stuff. And I'm like... Is, he, is this the same universe? Right. As is he invoking the fact
0: that he was Ferris Bueller. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I like seeing Matthew Broderick. I think he's great. I'm not sure why we don't see him more.
0: He he picks and chooses in spots.
1: I know. Like he doesn't
0: need to do anything. No. There's nothing
1: not. for him to prove. But, no. You know. There's some actors nice. that I'm like, what a pleasure it is to see them again.
0: Yeah. And then Laura Benanti playing the overprotective helicopter mom, playing it perfectly to a T, uh, making sure she, she's doing everything for him. Uh, so really good. Uh, one thing I did want to say about Matthew Broderick, that hairline in the movie.
1: Oh, no. Boy,
0: <laughs> what was going on?
1: Why do you have to do that to him and bring up I'm hairline? sorry, but
0: that is hilarious hairstyle that they give him in that movie.
1: Because it's like... Receding hairline plus long gray hair.
0: Yeah, exactly. A receding hairline with long gray hair. Yeah, he's
1: just a bit of a hippie.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Then we have uh, Jennifer Lawrence's friends in the movie. Uh, It's a couple played by Natalie Morales and Scott MacArthur. Uh, They get a little bit to do. I feel like... They probably could have gotten more. Yeah, because usually the friend role does deliver like those fun lines that you remember later on mm-hmm. like i think one of the more memorable ones here in this couple are probably two when they're talking about the different times that they've had sex with men for like just different things right. and natalie says that i once had sex with a guy because i thought he was going to kill me and yes, then I thought he was going to murder me yeah and the, the the boyfriend or the husband's like you're with me babe don't worry and jennifer lawrence that was you <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> great so.
1: little zingers like that. I thought they had a good energy and they worked well with J Law. Again, I probably could have done with more yeah. of them, but not a not a deal breaker. For the Natalie movie.
0: Morales, uh, a Miami girl. Hey, a- yeah. I've, have you ever seen her video of like Spanish slang from Miami?
1: Um, Spanish slang yeah. uh, on
0: YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's her mm-hmm. and Kumail Nanjiani. They were promoting a movie. Oh. And they did it. I can't remember. I, is it like variety or something that they like make them flip an iPad and it says a word and they have to explain like what that means and oh, stuff like that.
1: It's one of those. Yeah, it's
0: one of those. So yeah. Kumail's explaining, you know. Uh, his type of slang that he grew up with Uh and Natalie is explaining hers which is all Miami stuff so like you see like pata sucia you see (laughs) like you see all this stuff so yeah so and then (laughs) uh, the final two characters just to mention uh, we have uh, Ebon Moss Bacharach who uh, I think is it Ebon or Ebon it might be Ebon it might be Ebon Mm -hmm. I I I honestly have not heard his name be said out loud Oh, okay. uh, but I do know that most people will know him from that one episode from Andor, or more known from being on The Bear, which is uh, Return for season two. He plays mm-hmm. a very pivotal role in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't really get too much to do here in this movie, like just just a couple of fun little back and forth with yes. Jennifer Lawrence, yes, as the ex boyfriend. Yeah, you know, a couple it's back funny. and forth. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, Kyle Mooney, who plays a male nanny.
1: <laughs> right. Right. The male nanny.
0: <laughs> uh, the male nanny to Andrew. With the long hair. Yeah. And like really cool Andrew and then like gets a private moment with Jennifer Lawrence. And that's is, like, a great moment. What do you want with him? Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, like really <laughs> overprotective. So I think overall, like the cast was really good. Super Fun. enjoyable. Yes.
1: And I don't think you should skip it.
0: No, I don't think this is a skippable movie. I also
1: feel like if you don't get out to see it in theaters, it's not the end of the world. It will probably end up on streaming. But watch it on streaming.
0: Oh, for sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah, watch it for sure. Yeah, this is one of those movies that I can imagine when it does get to streaming, we'll do like a lo- you'll see a lot of it online. Yeah, it'll pop up on TikTok, people finally watching it. Exactly.
1: And then you're like, this was out three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> now exactly. you're, watching, now yeah. you're watching it. Now so, you're watching it. I feel I, I don't know if you feel that way about things that hit late oh, on TikTok. That happens
0: all the time.
1: All the time. Because we like, watch movies as they come out in theaters, and so we're used to it, we've reviewed it. We understand the the jokes, the scenes, and then all of a sudden three months later it ends up on streaming and then all the kids are watching it and posting about it on TikTok. And I'm right, like, Right, that happened late. with
0: you're so late. They're so late. That happened with Babylon. Like uh-huh. obviously released in December, and then late February, all of a sudden clips start popping up online, and I'm just like, "Now is when you're catching up." Okay,
1: all, same thing happened for Encanto. Those oh, Encanto,
0: huge, yeah,
1: huge TikTok phenomenon yeah. that happened when it ended up on Disney Plus because
0: we saw it, it in theaters
1: in theaters, and we said, "Please go out and watch it in theaters. Support this kind of movie because." Otherwise, Disney's not going to make this kind of movie anymore. And then all of a sudden, it just blew up on TikTok after the fact.
0: After it got released on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, so yeah, always support the movies, man. So
1: you're the reason why we have crappy things ending up on Disney Plus instead of in a theatrical release.
0: Bam! You're the got
1: problem. Him. Got him. Okay. So <laughs> uh, we're gonna get
0: into spoilers where we'll discuss like our favorite scenes and stuff. But before we do that, what letter grade did you give this movie? B plus. I also did B plus. We are very, we're on the same page. Hey, there. look all at that! Right, bet, nice. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna talk spoilers for No Hard Feelings right after this. The greatest trick, Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled.
1: Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world
0: you can't handle the truth.
1: He didn't exist.
0: Oh, uh, what's in the box? All right, so we're going to go ahead and we are going to talk about spoilers for No Hard Feelings. Let's just go ahead and let's run through like our favorite scenes, what what really stood out to us. Uh, so if you want to go first on a scene that really stood out to you, go ahead and shout it out right now.
1: I like when Jayla is with her two friends and they're by the ocean. And I guess Jim, that character, comes back from surfing for a bit and i i can't remember what he said that was so stupid but his wife sarah goes get back in the sea <laughs> like just leave
0: just leave
1: go back in the ocean
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, like and it he, was a really good moment and he's like but it's cold go <laughs> back to the ocean <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah that was a memorable one i think uh one that stood out to me, and this is the reason why it stood out to me, is the party, the prom scene where they end up at the party <sighs> and was, she is searching yes. for Andrew in uh-huh. in the house. Yeah. And like she's off the cuff saying stuff and people are recording her. But before they start recording her, they're like looking at her in like this like disgust of like, oh my god, it's such a I don't understand person. this. And I'm sorry, but if you see someone who looks like Jennifer... I'm not saying Jennifer Lawrence, but someone who looks like that walks into your party, every guy is trying to talk to her. You should be so honored. Yeah, there's no way you're you're like, oh my God, who's this old woman? It's like... They what? thought she was old? They and thought I thought she was old.
1: I didn't know if it was a joke or if they actually thought that Gen Zers were this rude and mean.
0: I mean, Gen Z has a weird... Um,
1: I don't know. I can't can tell like
0: the whole Gen Z thing because that's a, another conversation. That's a completely different That's a conversation. completely different conversation. But, but they do reference it's one featured, thing. featured okay. They do yes. mention one thing. And it's every time she goes and peers into a new room, it's people on their phones. Oh yeah. And she says, <laughs> "Does anybody fuck anymore?"
1: Right, because like, they're She's going into private spaces with a lockable door.
0: Right. And these are the moments in movies that you would expect to walk in on a sex scene, you know, Uh like two people having sex. Like, yeah, that's what happens with a raunchy comedy. But it's not happening here. Not happening at all. And so, like, she even comments on that. And, you know, that's kind of like a dig at the way I think a lot of movies go right now. Like, they're not as sexual. Mm. If you if you like, I think the last movie that we kind of talked about where it's like the erotic thriller or the raunchy comedies or whatever. The last one was that one with, um, Anna de Armas and Ben Affleck.
1: Oh, oh, the snails one.
0: Yeah. The snails movie, deep, deep water, deep water. We had Jake Christie Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> but it is a thing in Hollywood in the last like couple years where there's less sex in movies, you know? So this is definitely a comment on that for sure. That, okay. that line for sure. So I thought out. that
1: was a comment on Gen Z.
0: Oh. Yeah, the, you can you the can the definitely young say that. They're on their phones. Yeah, they're always on their phones that they're, they're not, not living. Doing, yeah. They're not
1: enjoying the party, they're on their phones.
0: They're on their phones. Yeah, I I actually agree okay. with that. I think there's Wow, so like, we
1: had two different takes on that.
0: Yeah, but I mean Interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh so that's Fair. the that stood out to me. Uh
1: the one scene that I loved was them, anytime they went on a date, but them <laughs> at the bar, because she she invites him to a bar. Yes. And this is after he's pepper sprayed her, after she's like come on to him super heavy at the the dog rescue where he volunteers at. It's hysterical. And finally he's at the bar and he's super uncomfortable and he doesn't want a drink or anything he's like i'm underage he's like that doesn't matter here
0: <laughs> my favorite moment there
1: but he gets scared he gets, he gets so scared, scared. <laughs> they, because there's people playing pool
0: yep and so it's a loud bang when they when they rack them up but my favorite he Thought it
1: was a gunshot or yeah something he thought there. it was
0: a gunshot when they when he broke uh What I love from there. The
1: face face that he makes when he explodes in surprise. It, I, 10 out of 10. It's
0: fantastic. It's fantastic slapstick acting. Yes. It really is. (laughs) Uh, And in that same moment when they're ordering the jinx and she orders a (laughs) uh, Long Island iced tea and then, can I have a Pepsi? Uh, We only have Coke. And he turns and he goes, do you want to get out of here?
1: (laughs) Yes! Oh, do you want to, like, go somewhere else?
0: <laughs> yeah. He's a Pepsi man. He's a
1: Pepsi man.
0: <laughs> oh, that is so funny. That is so yeah. funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the dates are really fun. Uh, being able to see Lawrence, like, um, when they're doing the Papa Shot basketball and, like, the oh, one yeah. kid's irritating, so he she, like, blocks his shot. <laughs> Some little kids. I'm, like, 10-year-old.
1: <laughs> I know. But I feel that. I'm not above, like letting a a kid lose, making a kid lose in a game or something. Oh, for sure.
0: No, no. You got it from an early age. You got to let them know.
1: (laughs) And then you're so competitive. I'm not even that competitive. But I was I totally understood where J-Law was coming from in that scene, where Maddie was coming from, where she was like, get the fuck out of here, you punk. (laughs) Yeah. Move.
0: (laughs) We got a we got a Hassan Minaj, uh, you know, appearance in this movie just randomly. He played a realtor. (laughs) Yes, yeah, like I could sell this house for a lot. And it was like, <laughs> huh,, uh, nobody know, marries
1: it's... the math teacher,
0: oh, yeah, and there and was like a, a f-
1: giant age gap between giant them,
0: forty years, like everybody wrote about the fact that he slept with his teacher, but nobody wrote about the fact that they got married.
1: They got married. <laughs> it's so disturbing and weird, it is, oh, but. I the thing that I didn't have on my bingo card that I referred to earlier was that J Law appears fully nude. Yeah. In this scene that's really off kilter and funny and very much that R rated adult raunchy comedy scene that we're expecting to see, but I just didn't expect to see this was there's a bunch of uh what are the, like drunk kids on the beach yeah. that start to steal their stuff and they're yeah. in the water skinny dipping and she emerges from that water stomping up to these kids. <laughs> There's an entire fight scene and nothing is cut. Like they don't strategically do these shots where she's not being shown. Everything is shown and my sister was like, "I think they CGI'd her."
0: That's a good question. Was she sh- CGI'd? I don't know. I I got to know, but like it is full frontal and this is the moment that earns its hard r for sure oh for uh, sure because at one point she gets hit in the junk yes by the the girl (laughs) yeah she body slams (laughs) a guy like she does a full-on wrestling body slam to a guy (laughs) (laughs) uh and so yeah it's and it's full frontal like it's it's oh my god so random so random
1: i couldn't tell i don't but i'm not one of those people that knows when there's really bad CGI. I don't know. I I, I sort of like I don't know. I glance over it.
0: Right. <laughs> just glance over it.
1: Yeah. Well, not just not because she's completely nude in this one, but I honestly mean like every time there's CGI, unless it's horrendously bad, I don't I don't clock that it's slightly off or something.
0: So it looks like it was, yeah, it was, it was her. It was her. Yeah. 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 For sure. All right. Yeah. So she did it herself. There we go. We got the answer. According to Variety. She like did an interview about it. I'll tell my sister. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell my sister. (laughs) Um, okay. So then I will say the movie kind of ends a little flatly for me. I agree. That's that's I a thought problem. there was
1: gonna be an epilogue.
0: Mm. Yeah, that would have been fun.
1: Yeah, but there wasn't.
0: But there wasn't. Yeah. Like we kinda get our resolution and the resolution kinda comes a little quickly. Like it just kinda like they kind of rush to like what she's trying to do.
1: And I thought we were gonna see Maddie's dad. We never do.
0: No, they it, it was Chekhov's dad, and it, it never appeared. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was kind of a wasted opportunity there. Um, I was like,
1: who's the dad? Who'd they cast as the dad? And then, and then nope. she never goes to New York and to see him or seek him out.
0: Nope, never does. So, yeah, so that's the one thing I will say. It, it kind of falls a little flat at the end. Uh, I don't mind them becoming friends because I think that's a preferred ending. Not uh-huh. them. Especially you know, with the age endings. gap. Exactly. Let him be a college student. Let him, you know, live his life. This was mm-hmm. a great summer. This was that's what the purpose of this is. is yes, having the summer to remember. It
1: achieves that.
0: It, it, yes, totally does.
1: The <laughs> Memorable summer that gets him out of his show.
0: And one more scene that I want to mention is the the man eater scene. In the the
1: man eater scene because he thought and it was in that same bar scene where man eater comes on the loudspeaker, and oh my gosh, he has a completely wrong reading of the song. He thinks it's about a monster that eats men. Watch (laughs) out, boy,
0: she'll chew you up. (laughs) Like he even starts saying the lyrics.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, no. So he plays the song for her on a beautiful piano rendition.
0: Mm -hmm. Very nice rendition.
1: the prom night that he takes her for like a lobster dinner
0: <laughs> and
1: he plays it for her and sings it for her. And she's like, Oh my God. Like that was amazing.
0: And this is where you get her, uh, very subtle acting that she does very well is like the camera holds on her for a while while she's listening to the song. And you can kind of feel, like the guilt and also like Mm -hmm. the shock of seeing how well he is and like the mixed emotions that she has in that moment for everything she's doing very good job by Jennifer Lawrence for sure Mm -hmm. so uh anything else you want to mention before we get out of here from no hard feelings
1: no No. that is all (laughs) perfect that's
0: all All right, so those were our thoughts on No Hard Feelings. And right after this, we are going to get into our thoughts on the new Wes Anderson movie, Asteroid City. We are back and we are going to talk about our second movie of the evening, and that is Asteroid City. That is the new Wes Anderson movie that is out in theaters now. Jessica, why don't you give us a synopsis of what this movie is about?
1: Following a writer on his world famous fictional play about a grieving father who travels with his tech obsessed family to small rural Asteroid City to compete in a junior stargazing event, only to have his worldview disrupted forever.
0: That is a very long sentence. Before did you, get you understand to
1: the what I said? I if yeah, you understand, I figured it what out. Just said.
0: But like it, it, they needed to break it up a little bit. Make this it was a badly
1: written synopsis. And to be quite honest with you, every Wes Anderson movie has some sort of like crazy ass synopsis that yes. doesn't make sense when oh, you read no, it you're out right loud. About that.
0: Yeah. So uh, again directed by wes anderson also written by wes anderson this is a stacked cast i'm only going to read some of them and this is already a lot uh jason schwartzman scarlett johansson tom hanks jeffrey wright brian cranston edward norton jake ryan grace edwards maya hawk rupert friend hope davis steve park Lee shriver arusto mian Ethan Josh Lee and Sophia Lillis there are still more names in there that I didn't even get to mm-hmm, like, like Adrian, Adrian Brody. Brody Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. um and there's others in there somewhere Tilda Swinton. In. Oh yeah Tilda. that's right she's in there she's in that movie too it's just it's stacked and Margot Robbie as well Uh-huh stacked cast yes. um how did the movie do with the box office
1: It made a modest 10.2 million dollars opening weekend And it's made sixteen point seven million worldwide since opening.
0: Gotcha. Now I very little correct that because the ten point two was not all in one opening weekend because it did open limited. Ah, I see. I see. That's how much it's made so far in the United Mm -hmm. States and sixteen point seven worldwide. Now critics are pretty decent on it. Seventy six percent, not exactly super high, Uh, but. but the Meep audience, on it. 62%. Oh, yeah. This is not a good thing for audiences. Like, anything below, like, a 75 on the audience side is... People hated it. People hated it. So the critics' consensus reads as follows. Asteroid City is unlikely to win Wes Anderson many new converts, but those who respond to his signature style will find this a return to immaculately arranged form. Jessica... Give me your thoughts on Asteroid City.
1: This sucked. I hated this movie. I am not a huge Wes Anderson fan to begin with. This is not my bag. But I went with a the crowd. The, the theater was full of Wes Anderson fans. They were giggling. They were excited. You could see that there was a little bit of a buzz in the room. And they were certainly reacting a little more positively than I was to the movie. I thought it was extremely boring. I couldn't understand a word of it. And... What was the point of the movie? Why is it so convoluted? Obviously, this goes without saying, but Wes Anderson movies are beautiful. Uh I love the aesthetic of Wes Anderson. I just I'd love that signature style. As far as storytelling, it always leaves so much to be desired for me. It's not I don't think it's made for me, truly. (laughs) Um, What did I fell asleep? During the movie, too. I was extremely tired Oof. after a large meal, and I think I broke my record. The last time I fell asleep in a movie was The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I broke my streak. <laughs> I fell asleep again in a movie. Yeah. So, What did you think of the movie?
0: Um, So, Wes Anderson, I, I like his movies. I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan. I okay. do appreciate his style, like his uh-huh. sense of immaculate... Lit- you know, immaculate set design, the color, colors. the set
1: design, the actors that he manages to entice to be mm-hmm. in his movies, that's all amazing, yeah. the symmetry of the shots and everything. Yes. It's so easy to like the cinematography of Wes oh, Anderson. Movies.
0: For sure. And yeah. so but now when we're talking about this movie here, to be honest <laughs> with you, you, this is a this is in the running for one of the worst movies I've seen this year yeah it, like it, it's not very good it's it, nope, it's nope. incoherent yeah, yeah. um i think that wes anderson has become self-aware like it's it's just too over the top of wes anderson mm. type of thing of and, like i i understand what he's doing his style you do <laughs> like i understand his style but the the plot doesn't really make any sense. And the plot even recognizes it. We'll talk about mm-hmm. it in spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, m- most of this movie doesn't really make sense. Um, it's just characters spouting lines to, you know, quirky lines here and there.
1: It sounds like Wes Anderson likes to hear his actors talk. And it doesn't matter what they're saying.
0: Weird things. Mm-hmm. like And
1: giving them tongue twisters to say
0: yeah yeah he loves that
1: oh he loves that
0: and he loves giving like um i remember one of the little girls was named cassiopeia and i was just like okay okay yeah like that's that's too much
1: this is not an accessible movie
0: no for people no it's not like this is for that entertaining fans
1: Yes, this is only for Wes Anderson fans. This is, The $10 million is coming from Wes Anderson fans. This is not the average person who is going to the movies and seeing a Wes Anderson movie. And I feel like I have to say this, like I've watched a lot of Wes Anderson movies, yeah, right? So have you. Yeah, yeah. I understand the style. I understand what he's going for. Some movies I understand better than others as far as plot and story and <laughs> messaging and whatever else. But honestly, this one took the cake for one of the worst ones.
0: Yeah. And like, I like Wes Anderson, like I said, but this just didn't really work for me at all. And, you know, I think my
1: my favorites are what is it? I love The Royal Tenenbaums. That's my favorite one.
0: The Royal Tenenbaums is really good. That's my my
1: favorite Wes Anderson movie.
0: My favorite one is uh, Moonrise Kingdom.
1: Oh really? Okay, yeah. with the I, camp.
0: I like it just a little bit more than Grand Budapest. Okay, because yeah. Grand
1: Budapest is really good. I feel like I have to rewatch it to see if it holds up for me. I've yeah. only watched it the one time in 2014.
0: <laughs> the one time.
1: <laughs> the one time.
0: Yeah, I, I wasn't as enamored with the Royal Tenenbaums like a lot of people are. I think a lot of people really like that movie and think it's as I best do. Movie. I really like it. Uh, I'm I'm just a little mixed on it, uh, just because. I'm not that big on the storyline between uh, Luke Wilson and Gwyneth's character. Really, I'm not really. You don't like those,
1: ha- like these quasi incestuous no relationships. No. You never, never ship those. Nah,
0: dude. Not even not though there's no
1: blood between them.
0: Even though there's no blood, like no that's blood. why that's why I had such a hard uh, problem with in the movie Clueless, like Paul Rudd yeah. and uh, Alicia Silverstone. They're not blood, but you know there was like a, yeah. you know step brother sister relationship. Aha! So, uh-huh. so yeah, they were step so they were step siblings, were.
1: and then their parents divorced divorced, so they're not step siblings anymore. So it's even less
0: of There's a even connection. Less of a connection, right? But it's,
1: you're still like no.
0: Yeah, they they shared a familial bond for a while. So see, that's I'm totally
1: on the opposite end. But okay, this is a tangent. That's a
0: tangent. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, sorry, so, Wes
1: Anderson, but yeah. it, you know, this is my sister hates going to see pretentious movies. <laughs> and I told her, I want to watch this movie. I'll get you a ticket because we both have stubs now, AMC stubs. And I was like, you can cancel your ticket, whatever. I'll go by myself. I don't care. She came to see it with me. And I remember distinctly, she asked me what the I don't like going to see movies that I don't understand what the plot is. I don't understand what's going to happen. And so I go, You don't, (laughs) that's not how people watch Westerners, Anderson movies. You don't go in wanting to know what's going to happen or what the plot is. And even if you do watch every trailer and read the synopsis and have a good idea of what's going to happen, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter because the way that it shakes out is going to enthrall you or confuse you either way. Yeah,
0: exactly. And... I don't want to like fully bash the movie because like I said, it's a beautiful movie to look at. It like each design of the entire city feels like it's a postcard from mm-hmm. southwest Americana. Like it's it's beautiful to look at. Uh-huh. And you have so many actors like they're doing their thing in this movie. <laughs> like they're they're really giving it the Wes Anderson feel. Like they most of these people have always have been in Wes Anderson movies already. And, you know, they're just throwing in a dash of a new person here and there, like Scarlett Johansson joined the fold, Tom Hanks joining in. Mm -hmm. But everybody else has already done the song and dance with Wes Anderson, so they're already in it. Uh, But at at the end of the day, I just was not feeling this particular story. And uh, something that I, I just realized is that this may not be the only Wes Anderson movie that comes out this year. Oh what he has one in post production that's supposed to come out later this year, uh, called the wonderful <sighs> story of Henry Sugar. Um,
1: okay, this already sounds like something I'm gonna. This already sounds like something I'm gonna hate.
0: But not as crazy of a cast in this one apparently as his big movies. It's still a good cast: Rafe Fiennes, Benedict Cumberbatch, Ben Kingsley, oh. Dev Patel. Damn. I don't have really anybody else.
1: It comes out later this year?
0: Later this year it's supposed to come out.
1: So he's gunning for an Oscar?
0: Uh, Yeah, for sure. For sure.
1: It's Oscar bait season
0: after Oh, yeah, for sure. It's Oscar bait season. Uh, So, yeah. So, anyway. So, back to this movie, Asteroid City. Uh, We'll talk about, like, the things that we we either at least appreciated or that we really didn't like in spoilers. But before we get into it. What'd you give this movie as a letter grade?
1: A D plus.
0: A D plus? <laughs> I I didn't want to be so negative, so I did say C minus. I wouldn't. Okay,
1: so I, I would I never recommend kind of... this movie No, for someone to watch. If someone was like, I like Wes Anderson movies, oh. what should I watch that I haven't watched? I would never say Asteroid City.
0: I would try to find out what they haven't seen first. Yes. And then yes. recommend that movie. Right. Before this one. Yes. That makes sense. That really makes (laughs) sense. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk spoilers for Asteroid City right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled.
1: Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain.
0: Was convincing the world.
1: You can't handle the truth.
0: He didn't exist.
1: Oh, what's in the box?
0: All right, let's go ahead and talk spoilers for Asteroid City, the new Wes Anderson movie. Uh, what do you What do you want to talk about?
1: I don't mind Scarlett Johansson in a brunette wig that looks like something Lucille Ball would have worn. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it. Okay. You don't mind it. Jason Schwartzman, as this grieving father of four children, and he decides to tell them, when they reached this podunk town in the middle of nowhere, that their mom died three weeks ago. I thought that was funny as shit. <laughs> yes. yes. Woodrow's like, are you telling us our mother died three weeks ago? And he's like, like yes. Yes. <laughs> I did like that. I thought that was funny. And I like Jason Schwartzman. Period. And then I love him in this movie.
0: Yeah. He's really good. In these Do I movies.
1: care about anything that happens outside of the fictional play that's in complete color? Everything that's in black and white, don't give a shit about.
0: Yeah, the, I think that really misses the mark because okay, totally. So can I? Can totally. I, can I confess okay. something? Oh God, what? Uh, <laughs> Edward Norton has always been considered like like this amazing talent and everything. You're not and gonna. What do you? Oh, I don't see it. it. Like <gasps> I think Edward Norton is fine, but I think Edward Norton is Edward Norton in anything that he plays. Okay. I don't get lost. Oh, whoa. I don't get lost with Edward Norton. There's only been one time. What's the one time? American History X. Ah. That is the only one that I've ever been like, oh, I got transported and I forgot that it was Edward Norton. Everything else, he's the same guy almost Mm. the entire time. And also, like, some of the movies that he's in, I'm just not really a fan of either. So So,
1: he's your Kevin Costner.
0: Yeah, he might be because, like, I'm not a fan. I don't like Fight Club. And uh, yeah. that's a prominent one in his arsenal and nope, doesn't work for me. You know, his okay. his interpretation of Hulk, I prefer Mark Ruffalo. You know, like, you know, there's so many movies where he's in and I'm just like, he's fine. Like I don't see the big deal with him. Mm. That's my Dang. that's my thing about Edward Norton.
1: I need to look up some Edward Norton movies, but I can kinda see where you're coming from completely with Edward Norton. It's, I don't think that he necessarily like it's the same. It's literally the same thing as me and Kevin Costner where I'm like, it's Kevin Costner.
0: You're right. I'm watching I'm not, Kevin yeah. Costner I'm or watching I'm Kevin watching Costner. Edward Norton. Mm-hmm. That's how it feels mm-hmm. for me, except for that one role. That's it. Um, wow. So yeah, that, that's what I wanted to say. So when the crux of the this movie is kind of centered on him as a writer and whatever I'm just like eh. well it's
1: not centered on him he's one of the players
0: in he's one sense. of the players but like yeah he is the playwright like that this story is about supposedly you know
1: I don't care about him in the movie no I think I cared more about Cranston as yeah. the host <laughs> yes who was doing I... his best um <laughs> Rod Serling Rod Serling in First Nation. <laughs> Picture if you will. I was like I am into the Brian the Brian Cranston host yeah. way more than like 50 of the other characters.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh most of the black and white stuff doesn't work. Although I will say that I did enjoy Adrian Brody in a really? limited, the limited amount that we got of him was was He like flits
1: in and out of the movie.
0: Right. And it's nice because like he you know, he kind of throws in this like fun little energy, but you know, it's sparse. So it's not enough to really be like, oh, I really enjoy the black and white scenes. It's more like, oh Adrian Brody kinda of lifted it up a little bit and but uh-huh, it was uh-huh. so few that it it's not enough.
1: What did you think of Margot Robbie in that one scene that tried to put everything in perspective?
0: One scene. This scene, this scene is good. I think I thought it was better. Yes, I think that if you're talking just in the black and white scenes alone, I think this stands out by itself. Just because, she, like, just having Margot on screen number one is is going to win right there.
1: Well, she put some context yeah. into the play that you've been watching, where there was a scene that was cut. It was a scene that she was in Mm -hmm. and she starts reciting this entire scene that we don't know was cut. Exactly. And it lends a little bit more context and meaning to what Jason Schwartzman's Augie is going through in the colorized fictional play.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Again, almost like a, how do I put it? It's like, let's have a really disgusting dinner and then follow that up with a really delicious dessert.
0: Ah, yeah.
1: That's a very small portion.
0: Yeah. The overall experience is bad. You just single out the one thing that was like, you know what? This was good.
1: (laughs) This miniature chocolate chip cookie was pretty good. (laughs) So...
0: preceding that, though, in that very same scene when he goes outside, just before that, he's talking with Adrian Brody and he's trying to find the motivation of the character and he's trying mm-hmm. to figure out. He's
1: like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get, the get play. this
0: play. And yeah. Adrian Brody's director character says, It doesn't matter. And I'm just like, <laughs> You're describing the movie to me. Yes. This is what I'm watching because it's I'm watching this meta. play and I don't, it, like, it makes no sense. It's It incoherent. makes no sense. I don't get
1: it. I don't get it.
0: Yeah. He's speaking as an audience member now. I don't know if that's supposed to be on purpose, but I'm not going to get that much. One hundred
1: percent, it's supposed to be on purpose. <sighs> and Wes Anderson is Wes Andersoning right now, talking to us through Adrian Brody's characters, where, where he's just like, "It doesn't matter. Just keep going with it. The meaning will come to you." Blah blah blah. Like,
0: I don't. Fuck like that. off! I don't like that.
1: Fuck out of here!
0: Ugh, don't like it.
1: It's frustrating when filmmakers try and sort of. Without breaking the fourth wall, break the fourth wall Mm -hmm. and talk to the audience and tell them how they should approach the art.
0: This is what it means. Yeah. In not so subtle text.
1: Because they know how people are going to perceive their work and they're trying to get ahead of it and Mm -hmm. say something to offset the natural reaction that people would have.
0: And the reaction is still the same anyway, because if you look at that audience meter, like that that number's really low so (laughs) so overall i i really don't think that it works i i just don't think it really works uh one of the black and white scenes when they do that sleep uh thing group exercise and then at the end like they're all chanting you know you can't wake up if you don't go to sleep you can't wake up if you don't go to sleep Uh, and right there that solidified oh this movie's terrible
1: Oh, I this get it. This movie is terrible. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, this
0: is bad. Um, yeah, so, again, the positives are in the color moments here and there. Schwartzman is good. Um, I like Brody a little bit because, you know, it's it, it at least adds something to the black and white.
1: I think uh, I liked Woodrow, Jake Ryan's character. Oh,
0: Jake Ryan. He Who's fits this? perfectly in this Wes Anderson Oh,
1: role. man, he does. I think he's gonna steal it from Revelori.
0: Oh yeah. Revelori was there, but he got kind of pushed to the back. Yeah. You know, background there. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, it was it was very surprising.
1: It was. It was. Yeah. I think Jeffrey Wright, they gave him this really weird monologue. He was General Gibson.
0: Yeah. I, I remember the Jeffrey monologue. Wright
1: is always a good idea to have in a movie. Yeah. But this, I mean, so strange. So strange. The alien played by Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> what the hell was that?
0: It's such a brief moment for him to be in that so movie. Str-
1: it's so odd to see the alien and the alien staring out at you with these bug eyes. And <laughs> just, there's, no, there's no accounting for it.
0: No, not at all. There's uh, no
1: accounting for it. Tom Hanks. Let's quickly talk about Tom Hanks.
0: Tom Hanks was fine, but it's a little bit of like just a little bit of Tom Hanks just kind of being himself a little bit. It wasn't...
1: Is this era of Tom Hanks not as fun and charismatic? Is he in the grouchy old man phase of his career?
0: He's he's getting there because the last couple roles last couple of roles grouchy old man hanks um if we get one more movie where he's like a grouchy old man then it's official
1: i think he's in the grouchy old man stage you know <laughs> yeah bob de niro's been there for a while oh yeah bobby decades maybe <laughs> yeah
0: bobby bobby lives in that stage uh so anybody else or anything else you want to talk maya about maya
1: hawk it was uncanny how she sounded Mm. like her mother
0: yes that's the thing is that you always forget but then when you look at her it's like oh it's it's uma thurman
1: it's uma thurman and then when she opens her mouth you're like it sounds
0: exactly exactly like uma thurman exactly yeah and so it's uh, it's uncanny sometimes like Mm -hmm. the the similarities between the two of them
1: i have one note that i really enjoyed the three little girls i thought they were so cute
0: They were, they were very stole the show
1: every time they were there.
0: Yeah, and like they're yelling out of what they are, like uh, at the restaurant. (laughs) Exactly, it's like what? What am I going to get? You princesses, and they're like talking over each other, and you hear, "I'm a vampire, I'm a witch, I'm like a half." (laughs)
1: We're not a princess. Yeah, it's great.
0: (laughs) It is great. It is great.
1: (laughs) Ethan Josh Lee plays Ricky, one of the winners of the Asteroid City like Uh, thing, and when they are interrogating him. For releasing inf- information on the alien uh, encounter, I died laughing. <laughs> I died laughing. I don't know why I found that so funny. He said something like, this is a, this whole trial is a mockery or something. And he made a face and I was like doubled over. It was so funny. I kind of want to see more from Ethan Josh Lee because he ate that scene.
0: Yeah. I think that's where you get a lot of the funny moments is usually evolving the younger actors, the Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of the funny comes from yeah. in this movie.
1: Not the older veteran actors that are no. top billing.
0: No, not at all. Although I did get a kick out of um uh Steve Carell. He's the hotel manager. And Steve
1: Carell was great. He you was. Know what? He was He was a gem. He was a yeah. gem in this movie.
0: And I love the uh the dispensers and one of them's for real estate. Oh yeah. And he describes <laughs> it. He's like, Yeah, you you'll get a piece of land. How big of a land? Half a swimming pool. (laughs) Like, just matter of (laughs) factly. Yeah, I would love
1: to live in this world that they created. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. And that's probably the one takeaway that I have is that it doesn't matter anything that happened in the story. It will not affect my life in any way, shape or form going forward. However, I love the Asteroid City aesthetic. And it goes hand in hand with every other Wes Anderson movie that has such a magnetic and addicting look to it. Because Mm -hmm. I love the way it looks.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, If you were to kind of like mention, maybe this is not the best one that you've seen. But what would you say is the best aesthetic that Wes Anderson (sighs) has put on film?
1: Probably Grand Budapest, right?
0: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I think, I think it's, it's Grand, Grand Budapest. Budapest. Hotel. Those colors and that that style that he does in that movie yeah. is just fantastic. So this one's the high up there though in, in it, Yeah, in w- terms in what of it does.
1: what it looks like and the world building the production design.
0: Exactly. And finally, if if you're a fan of Wes Anderson, I want you to check out the SNL spoof that they do <laughs> Where where Edward Norton is playing Owen Wilson's Stop character. It. Stop it! Yeah, and it is so perfect. And, like, the two precocious kids, and they're, like, talking to each other. We have to do an escape plan. and Let's get ready. And then, like, from an <laughs> overhead shot... One scissors, one piece of paper. And like, <laughs> all, like all the Wes Anderson-isms, uh, it's fantastic. So check it you out. You know,
1: that's what I like about Wes Anderson movies is that it's given us, it's like in the zeitgeist now. hmm Yeah. And TikTok has ran with it. Yes. And people are making these day-in-the-life vlog videos in the style of Wes Anderson. You and better not is...
0: be making a Wes Anderson test.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a, but it's hysterical. And... It's accurate. People are getting the style. Yeah. They understand what it takes to pull it apart and create a Wes Anderson spoof in their own lives. And I don't know. Does that make the magic a little less potent when you watch a Wes Anderson movie, when you see people just take a template and sort of run with it?
0: You know, I don't think so, because he's creating something that people are enjoying so much.
1: Right. Because I enjoy the editing style and... Obviously, the aesthetic of Wes Anderson, mm-hmm. even the fonts that he uses, people yep. under, people like, oh, that's a Wes Anderson font. It's great to yeah. see it entering our consciousness and people enjoying it in that way. One of my in a favorite very mundane ways,
0: yes, exactly. One of my favorite ones recently on TikTok is a guy who is trying to do it, but like his girlfriend who's <gasps> doing the camera. Oh, she doesn't keeps know. doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's off center, and he's like, no, come center me yeah and then like he's trying to walk across and then she walks alongside and he's like no don't walk with me <laughs> like just like Keep but you hear still. that music obituary yeah. like that's on every video and it's yes. so hilarious it is hilarious <laughs> so anything about anything else about asteroid city before we head out of here
1: Oh, God, no. Let's get out of here.
0: <laughs> Let's get out of here. So, um, if you're listening right now on the podcast, uh, in just a moment, you're going to hear the first part of our thoughts on past lives. Uh, you're going to be able to hear the entire episode on our sister channel, which is K Rambles Podcast, the Daybot yes. K Rambles Podcast. Jessica is the host of that channel. I am. Yeah, and so we're really excited to talk about it. So, if you want the full thoughts, not just uh, non spoiler, you can head over to that channel. You should see a link in the bio uh, that'll take you directly over to that channel so you can listen to that episode. So, if you're leaving off here, thank you for listening, of course. Uh, you can check us out on all the socials at Always Critic Pod. Uh, that's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. Uh, Be like the other subscribers. Support us. It goes a long way for us to continue to produce more content for you guys. So uh, that has been this episode. I'm Rico.
1: And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic Podcast.
0: So, my general thoughts. So, yeah. I adore what this movie did. Okay. This is such a... For me, it's a relatable story. Mm. And whether it's from the um, Hasong character uh-huh. or the Arthur character, mm-hmm. I can find relatability in both of them. I think it's so, so well written. I think it's emotionally complex. Yes, Um it, it, it tugs at the heartstrings. It is. It's melancholy mm-hmm. in the form of a movie. Yes. And I could not like there's moments in this movie where I was like feeling for each and every character. Uh. I also had moments where I was feeling that secondhand embarrassment or secondhand awkwardness for characters. Right. As well. Because these are situations you would not want to be in yourself. No. And it just makes the entire thing awkward. I really, really love this movie. And yeah. it's easily one of the best movie experiences that I've had so far this year.
1: Oh, wow. Without
0: a doubt. Um, And I can't wait to talk more about like the actual like details mm-hmm. of what really spoke to me and what also... I enjoyed about the movie as well. But what about you, Jessica?
1: So I was looking forward to this movie ever since I found out that it was coming out this year. It's an A24 production. We are huge fans of A24. And even if we don't like the A24 movie, we respect the studio and we respect the the guts that it takes to put something out that isn't quite for everybody. I... I'm not familiar with Celine Song again this is her de- directorial debut but I am familiar with Toyu, who plays Hae Song's character because I had seen him in Love to Hate You which is a Netflix original K drama that came out earlier this year and I really loved him in that. I also evidently have seen him in the K drama Chocolate. <laughs> I can't tell you what <laughs> character he was in. That. I had no idea. Maybe I was just was focusing on the two leads in the K-drama chocolate or something, but I felt terrible that he had like a large role in that and I don't remember (laughs) any of it. But anyway, I love that it's a pared down cast. It makes me think that this is a character study. It's about these people and their relationships and it's not so much about giant plot or giant set pieces. We're just intimate with these three characters, essentially. And Every piece of promo that came out for past lives, I was eating it up. I was so excited. And I knew that this movie was sort of going to break me into pieces and put me back together. The last time that that happened to me was Blue Bayou.
0: Yes, which was surprisingly your number one movie of 2022. Yeah. Yeah. 2022, right? No, it might be
1: 2021.
0: Yeah, 2021.
1: It was so great. And... I, I've i just been chasing that sort of heavy handed drama that makes you think about life, that makes you sad, but then makes you a little bit hopeful at the same time. Yes. And this movie, Past Lives, does give me that same vibe. It is. I said, what did I say when I walked out of the theater? I think I, I said that. I got emotionally manhandled for an hour and 45 minutes. (laughs) Oh, my God. I, I love the movie. I love what it says. I love how you can't just root for a single character. You're sort of rooting for all of them, and they all have competing interests and totally different views on this situation that they're in. And that is really difficult to do because I feel like in most movies, you have a person that you're rooting for or you understand the most. And for some reason, this movie allows you in to each character in a very intimate, personal way. And you feel for each one of them. And you can't decide who has the right of way. They all do.
0: Yes, they do. They all do.
1: It's so great. And I love the dialogue. We mentioned this, too, when we were standing outside the theater. We're like, the dialogue is so great. 10 out of 10. It was really well written.